This is the voice guy from your favorite podcast, Two Douchebags and a Microphone. People often ask us how they can find us when doing a remote broadcast. One, smell. Go to the city market and start sniffing. Our aroma has been described as a mixture of flea powder for goats, Tabasco sauce, and old sock with dark fuzzy urine. Two, look for the spot absent of patrons. Three, the most telling sign is a crowd of patrons vomiting uncontrollably. Four, just call us at 816-512-7717. Well, guess they finally figured out the microphone, idiots. Hey there, everybody. Two douchebags, one microphone, minus one douchebag. We hope we'll be back soon, but um, he's got some stuff going on. He, uh, he got kidnapped, and uh, the kale people, they were really adamant about training him to love kale. So we all pray for him, and we all want a moment of silence for Topher, starting right now. Sansa music. Okay, well... Like I said, Topher is uh, battling the kale people. We're working hard to try to find him. We have law enforcement all over it. And we're looking everywhere. And uh, hashtag, where's Christopher? That's the new one. Hashtag, where's Topher? That's what we need. We need more awareness that Topher is being tortured by watching kale videos. And they're trying to brainwash him into liking kale. This is only the start of it. They're trying to take over the world, people. So, anyhow, I warned you. Okay, I'm going to start off with an interesting little segment here I've been wanting to do a while, and that is intelligent, um, what would you say, gentle insults. Whenever someone insults you, and, and, uh, and then usually the response is, oh, fuck you, or, or, or yeah, shut up, asshole, or something like that. There's other ways to handle it, and I did a little research here, and I love some of these ways people handle it whenever they uh, get dogged on or make fun of or whatever. So, uh, one of them is, after someone insults you, says, saying, fuck you, eat shit, you're good. You know, you lack so much brain matter that you float on water. That was a pretty good one. If Topher was here, he'd be laughing his ass off on that. And you know what? Maybe I need to get, like, a little soundbite of Topher laughing. And I just, like, throw it in here everywhere, and people won't notice him gone as much. So, the next one is, hey, man, you're a little dicker. You're so ugly, you broke my mirror five blocks away, or whatever. Then you could go back in very gentle voice, I'd insult you, but then I would have to explain it afterward. So never mind. I love that one. That one just, that's really, it gets to the point and is like really piercing. And anyone that knows anything, any type of intelligence at all knows that you just own that guy. And there's no way he can really recover from that. He's not prepared. He doesn't have one of these written down and, and uh, memorized or nothing like you do. So, therefore, you won. And you walk off looking like the intelligent one. And he walks off looking like the drooling skid he is. So, okay. 
The next one is, and I've heard this one before, but I'm going to go over it again. But someone comes up and, oh, you're a fucking idiot, man. <laughs> you got weird shoes. Okay. Then you go back to them. I don't have time or crayons to explain it to you. <laughs> I've always liked that one. You can see him over there looking like a fucking disheveled, uh, I don't know, uh, small animal or something trying to crayon something, trying to draw something. Go, uh, uh. So that's a pretty good one and I like it. And, and once again, there's not really any, re there might be some retaliation for that one, but not much. Most of the times, you know, they fucking take their ball and they go home. So, another one, I've heard this one before too, but I love it because it brings other family members into it without really kind of bringing them into it. But anyhow, but you're really still insulting the core and not like their mama or something. But I love your mama jokes. They've had their time, right? So, anyhow. Um, so someone comes up and goes, you're a dick face. You look at them very calmly and go, in what way are your parents related to each other? <laughs> that was great because um, that's a good way of calling them uh, mentally special without actually saying it and kind of making fun of their parents without actually dogging them really bad it's, uh, it's, it's the perfect crime I love it so that one's a good one this next one is kind of involved but you gotta you gotta make sure you're prepared to say this because it's not and I'll probably screw it up saying it too so someone comes up and goes, you're a dick face. You walk in and, and then you want and go in a very calm voice. In what way are your... Oh, see, I knew I'd screw it up. Just a remodel. This oh, no, a commercial. Hang a on. Sanctuary. Okay, so this one right here is... Uh, well, I'll just say it and I'm going to try not to screw it up because this one right here makes them think about it and realize how insulted they just were. But it takes him a minute for him to catch up with it. And so after he goes, like I say, he comes up with a dick face or something, you go, you know nothing. In fact, you know less than nothing. Because if you knew that, you would know nothing. And that would be something. <laughs> yeah, a little complex there. But I stopped there to let it sink in what I just said because it does take a second. So I'll go over it again. You know nothing. In fact, you know less than nothing. Because if you knew that you knew nothing, that would be something. <laughs> I love that. All right, next one. Guy comes up and goes, yeah, "You look stupid, or you dress funny, or I don't know, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever." Uh, so, okay. You drink for the weird straw. I don't know something. So anyhow, you won't be get, you won't be able to get a dime as a prostitute on one half price day. That was pretty neat. I like that one a lot. <laughs> and this next one I really, really love. What contraceptive do you use? Your face. <laughs> Someone comes up and goes, ah, yeah, you're a dickhead. You're a fuck face. Or, hey, great job, idiot, or something. Or you trip or something. They make fun of you. Break out what contraceptive do you use? Your face. You won that one. You won that one, all you gotta do is like wipe off your hands and go home. This next one's great. I love it. When God rained beauty on the earth, you were holding an umbrella. <laughs> Again, love that one. That one that one is um, a classic automatically. 
Automatically, I think that one and the You Knew Nothing goes into the Hall of Fame of intelligent, um, what would you call, calm jokes. I would call them like uh, calm insults. Like someone comes up to you all erratically and goes, Hey, great job, fuckface. And then you reply very calmly with that. You want it. And there's no way they can recuperate from it. So, the next one I really love too, because this is another one of those ones that um, brings other family members into it without actually really dogging them, but kind of. So, it's not like quite your mama joke where it's like directly making fun of your mama's weight or whatever. But at the same time, it's bringing them in. So, anyhow. Someone comes up and goes, you're a dickhead. And you go, you should see your parents for looking like that. <laughs> I love that one. That one's fantastic. And again, I got a million of these. And periodically, you're going to be getting segments of these here and there. Um, because I, they're great. I love them. The next one's really good. And this one's a little bit more up to date. Um, anyhow, this is uh, someone comes up and goes, oh, man, you trip over your own shadow. Duh. So, anyhow, taking a picture of you would put a virus on my phone. <laughs> that one's fantastic, too. Because, um, well, that pretty much says it all. I mean, you're so ugly, you put a virus on my phone. So, anyhow. Yeah, I love that one. So, all those, going through all of those, I'm going to go ahead and cut off those and go into a slightly different one. And this is alternative insults. And alternative insults, I mean, um, really... I. I kind of got the idea, man, Topher got the idea for this because part of this and then part of, you know, sometimes you're in a public setting and you can't really, you know, um, say something really rude or offensive. So you got to come up with something different to get the point across. So every moment was a milestone. So the alternative insults, the first one I got is jock itch. That's pretty self-explanatory. You got jock itch and you are a bumming, bumming motherfucker. There is nothing cool about jock itch or even um, humane. If you ever really hate someone, you wish bad jock itch on them. I mean, really hate. I mean, like, hate, hate. Like the darkest, blackest of hate found in the depth of hell. That is where calling someone jock itch comes from. So... Next one is, and I love this one because it's just, oh no, describes like a slob to me. Call a sausage casing. That's right. Plain old sausage casing. Yep. So your intestines wrapped around ground up meat from the same animal. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. That, that describes quite the picture, doesn't it? Next one is more of a pain in the ass than anything else, so this one's just like, you know, an alternative insult for calling someone a pain in the ass. And that is dry cartridge. You know, you're like printing stuff off, your boarding pass is right, and you got one of them, but you don't have your wife's done yet, so you go back to hit the wife's and all of a sudden, ink dry, no more. Ah! So then, before you go out of town, you have to go buy another ink cartridge. You gotta find out what kind they are, because chances are it's a new printer. Because every time you run out of ink, you just buy a new printer anymore because they're just as cheap as buying the refills. Unless you buy one of those new Epson refillable ones that you just take a bottle of ink and throw it in there, uh, you're screwed. So, that one, the dry cartridge one, is more of a, man, you're a pain in the ass, dude, get away. So, next one, empty vessel. 
<laughs> Empty vessel can be anything. It could be a propane container to, uh, I don't know, a submarine. It just means nothing in there. Kind of describes their brain matter or something, their head. Empty vessel. Nothing in there. So the next one is, I love it. And this is an irritant. This is more of a, uh, dude, get away from me. You're fucking bothering me. Heat blister. <laughs> Heat blister's awesome. Heat blister's about as, uh irritating as it come. It's like in the line of jock itch, and jock itch is fucking horrible. And anyone that's ever had it knows what I mean. I mean, it, it's it's like one of those moments where you you, you wonder why you're being punished. You know? I, you, even though God doesn't work like that, but you know, you're like, man, why? Why did this happen? So heat blisters suck, and so did the person he is called a heat blister. And all these, you gotta say with authority, you can't just go jock itch, sausage casing. You gotta go Jock itch, sausage casing, heat blister, dry cartridge. I still love that one. Empty vessel, that's a good one too. So, anyhow, they're all good. Next one, typo. Typos suck because you print something out, and I do this all the time, I'm printing something out for the show, because I prefer it in print, because it's easier for me to read my ineligible handwriting. It's not easy for me to read it. I can write it down, but I can't decode it for shit. So, anyhow, I prefer it in typing, and then I still screw it up, but maybe not as bad. Even though you'd never know, because I screw it up so bad, it seems like it's as bad as I can screw it up. But no, trust me, I can screw it up worse, and I have, and I will. So, typo is a pretty good one, because it's a, it's so bad, you go back and you read the whole article, you just, uh, just typed out, so you can say it in your words instead of CNN's or whoever's, um, or, you know... So, and also, so it sounds more like me saying it and not like a news service, because that's part of what, I, to me, that's part of what relaying the, the stupid stories that we cover here on Two Douchebags and Microphone, part of relaying it is bringing it down to just, I don't know, layman's terms, just like, you know. So, uh, anyhow, let's see. The next one is Hamster Toy. Hamster Toy is pretty explanatory, too. You're like a toy that hamsters play with. So, yeah. Uh, that probably, to me, describes like a mental midget or something. You know, you're just in there and the hamster's messing with you. And there's nothing you can do about it because you're that primitive. You know, like inanimate object primitive. Like nothing going on. Like empty. Like an empty vessel, only you're a hamster toy. And a hamster comes by, chews on you, and like, I don't know. Whatever hamsters do, scratch or, I don't know, whatever. So... The next one I love too because they're very simplistic and just just there to serve their purpose. A squirrel cage. So you walk up to someone and go, man, you're squirrel cage. You don't even say you're a, you just go, squirrel cage. That leaves them like over there scratching their head going, squirrel cage? Uh, okay. I mean, you can like go, please don't call me out again. But I mean, by that point, people are laughing at you think you're a sissy because uh, I don't know it's not it's not like a real insult like I don't know but anyhow it still gets the point across and it's great next one this one's horrible because everybody hates them and everybody's had them soggy bandage that's another one that you don't say you're a you just go soggy bandage so, I'm really digging this music whatever the hell it is 
account come in. It's non-copyrighted, so that, whether it fits what I'm doing or not, that's what you're getting. So Soggy Bandage gets a point across to me and is irritating and and it does serve a purpose though, so I guess it's more of an irritant. So if you call someone a soggy band-aid, you might as well call them like, I don't know, a, a, a fly or something. So next one is a good old server error. So then again, this is another one that you're calling someone an irritant instead of an inanimate object. Server error describes everything. And it's, oops, try again. So I love that one. The next one's kind of an innuendo, and I love it too. It is called, you just call someone a Lincoln Log. If you don't put A in front of you, just point and go, Lincoln Log. So, Lincoln Log is uh, pretty much, you know, it could be Lincoln's uh, dump. It could be the actual food that people make on their countertop. Uh, it could be his log cabin that the log said he built with this log cabin because they all lived in log cabins back in. So it could be anything, but none of them are that good. So I prefer to think of it as a big, long, nasty piece of crap. A Lincoln log. Like one when he just got done, like, going to a pig roast. Yeah. So. And drinking one of those, uh, what the hell do they call them? Oh, those drinks they did back then where they fired them, uh, they stone fired them, and, uh, a loggerhead or something like that, or a logger, you know, no, loggerhead, I think it's a loggerhead, anyhow, um, yeah, after drinking like 10 of those and eating half of a pig, so, next one is wire feed welder, and the reason I say wire feed welder is because anyone that's been welded before has, uh, when they're learning, they get that fucking, they call them pecker tracks all over, but they're just nasty looking, little, they're essentially hot wire grips on the piece of metal that you're trying to fuse weld together. So, anyhow, wire feed welder is uh, good and uh, ugh, nasty. Next one is shaved ice. Shaved ice is uh, pretty much what it sounds like. Shaved ice. It's not real ice, it's shaved ice. And then, did my music run out? No, I don't think so. Unless there's another commercial. No, okay, it's still my music. Okay, all right. Um, okay, I was on shaved ice. Security briefing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty explanatory. Nobody wants to go through one, but you got to go it through it for whatever. Whether it's you're at the uh, TSA or I don't know, applying for a job or whatever. Uh, security briefings suck, and we know it. And last but not least, rock salt. That's right, good old rock salt. Yep, put a little rock salt on your shoe, see how much you like that shit. Yeah, so rock salt is horrible, and also a great way to offend somebody without actually saying a filthy word. So, next what I'm going into is Tyreek Hill. Remember that guy? Yeah, that good old Tyreek. That old lovable little guy. Well, anyhow, I guess uh, this happened, I don't know, a few weeks ago. A man asked Tyreek Hill to sign a football trading card of him with the Chiefs when he promptly replied, Oh, the Queefs? As you can imagine, when this was uh, videoed and posted on Twitter, it immediately got spontaneous feedback. 
some of the more clever ones were call them whatever you want, but make sure you put a Super Bowl champs in front of it. In other words, oh my, someone is upset the Chiefs didn't miss a beat without him. You know, I'm getting uh, Tyreek is always inserting himself into the Chiefs conversation. Dude, build a bridge and get over it. Yo, know, they, they have said nothing but positive things about you. I can't count how many people, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, I think uh, Chris Jones is always joking with you. You know, they obviously loved you. Why would you go and turn your back on them like this? You know, it, you didn't have to leave. The money was virtually the same. And, and you would have another Super Bowl ring. And you've been loved and reverent. But, I mean, the fact that we did better without you probably really set, I don't know, really kind of irritated the piss out of you. But, you know, sometimes you got to think, take things for what they are, you know. Um, people get replaced. And places are usually fine. I mean, unless it's like a really very important position, like a nuclear reactor, or I don't know, an engineer, like might be the only one that knows how to do certain things or something like that, you know, you're usually okay. It takes a little learning curve, but the curves, uh, the Chiefs didn't even need a learning curve, and I understand that. That bothers you. But, you know, why take it out on the Chiefs? All they do is constantly throw love your way. And you're always throwing shade on them and saying stuff. I mean, it just really doesn't come out very good for you. What you need to do is act like you meant to and just keep going forward. You know, um, that, that's the best thing to do is be like, you know what, I'm here and I wanted to be in Miami and I love this team and I believe in us and we're going to go far next year and we hope we see the Chiefs, uh, you know, in the championship game. We would love to see that and I'm going to put my best foot forward, try to ensure that we're in the Super Bowl. But don't just sit there and, and say the queefs. That's so low budget, especially, you know, on national media and a national, uh, a, a national uh, uh, podium like Twitter. You know, I go back to like what Trump used to do. You know, Trump would like uh, ridicule and make fun of people on Twitter. And how well did that work out for him? Not very. It made him, uh, I mean, that may not have been the only reason, but it made him lose the presidency. And I kind of feel that if he wouldn't have not done that, that there's a lot of people that wouldn't have turned on him so much. So, I, I mean, evidently a lot of people have voted for him the first time, did not vote for him the second time. And I think a lot of it is because he couldn't keep his mouth shut on Twitter. And I think it's the same way with Tyreek Hill. You know, at first people respect him going, wow, leaving a Super Bowl contender for an iffy? Okay, you know, well, that takes a lot of guts, guy. You must really believe in the organization, the coach, and everything, or something. But you doing this makes it look like you did a reactionary move, and now you regret it. It's like it's like I don't know, like calling someone, like calling, uh, I don't know, your girlfriend the c word or something. You could never take it back. And, you know, it's all of a sudden everyone's kind of like looking at you, like, ooh, you just crossed the line. That's kind of what you did, Tyree. If I were you, I'd just like start calming it down and just saying, I wish the Chiefs well. And I wish us even better well. And just call it at that, man. You left. You left on your own accord. And be good with it. You know, walk around proud. Don't walk around jaded and pissed off. Anyhow, that's my thought on that. Hey everybody, this is Mark. I just wanted to speak uh, here about the eight new electric vehicles without AM radio. Now, people may not, might, may not think this is, isn't a big deal or anything, but actually it is. AM radio is the only way 
that all emergency broadcasts are carried out. There is no other platform that you can be guaranteed that this is how you're going to get emergency information. That is AM radio. And AM radio, you know, maybe people are going, well, you know, you want to hear talk radio that's on AM. You can always go to the Internet and you'll be fine. But the Internet is not always compliant with any emergency broadcast system. And uh, I think uh, them doing this is a complete mistake. And I think, actually, there might be some legislation coming up that might make them actually start... um, putting AM radios back in these electric vehicles. And, uh, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense, especially since the president is pushing these electric vehicles and the electric agenda, why they would leave out such an important note like AM radio. You know, AM radio may be the old grandfather that everybody forgot about, but AM radio is more important than FM radio. FM radio is being forgotten about on the same level as AM radio, actually. All radio is... The future is actually old technology, and it's right here on the internet. Podcasts, um, everyone seems to be getting their information from podcasts, and that's not going to do you any good if any emergency comes up. So, so anyhow, and you may not be listening to AM radio anyhow, but it's, uh, let's say you go into a station, you heard something really bad's going on, like, I don't know, there's been an explosion in D.C. or something, then you go to AM radio and start listening about it. you not guaranteed that FM would carry it, but you can guarantee that if you have AM radio, you can go on it. And actually, if you know your AM stations, you can probably go online and listen to them online, too. But still, anyone that doesn't have the capability or, I don't know, the... Uh, I think everyone has, like, unlimited plans now. But let's say you don't have the, the gig or whatever to, uh, to receive this information... Well, you know, if you don't have AM radio, you're screwed. So that's just my thought on it, and I thought it was very peculiar that we'd leave out something like that, especially since all the emergency um, um, everything is on AM radio. So this is Mark, and I just thought I'd uh, bring that up and thought that was rather peculiar that, uh, that they would leave out such a thing. Not responsible for greasy residue left on your Bluetooth. No! No! Hi, everybody. This is Mark, and I have another quick hits for you. This is uh, Bentonville, Arkansas's Testicle Festival. It's true. Look it up. August 24th and 25th, 26th, and 27th, 2023, at the Benton County Fairgrounds. 7640 Southwest Regional Airport Boulevard, Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah. So, um, this is pretty much what you think it is. It is a festival about testicles. And it says right here, we've made some exciting changes since last year. We're moving toward a BYOB model to avoid the governmental headaches we ran into with the ABC and bring you the best testicle festival possible. This August, you're invited back to an even bigger, better party. When the freedom to host activities like ladies' oil wrestling, you're in for a wild, fun weekend. (laughs) Come camp with us and bring a cooler full of favorite beer. We've got great live music, food trucks, and plenty of fryers to keep the balls flowing. Cooler stickers are only 10 bucks for the entire weekend. The scheduled Thursday, 11 a.m., camper loading and arrival registration begins. 
6 p.m. Tesco Festival opens for general admission. 6 p.m. Lighted cornhole registration begins. 6 p.m. The Dirty Strings. 7.30. Lighted cornhole tournament begins. 8 o'clock. Small bonfire. 8 o'clock. Eureka Strings. 10 p.m. Mountain Sprout. Friday, 11 a.m. Tesco Festival opens for general admission. 12 p.m. Dusty Smith. 1 p.m. Timmy Ray. 2 p.m. Tennessee Dreaming. 3 p.m. Joe Tyler. 4 p.m. Philip Good. 5 p.m. Ty March. 6 p.m. Undy 800. 6.30, Magnificent Mullets of Lundell. <laughs> 8 p.m., Medium Bonfire. 8 p.m., Dusty Black. 9.30, Best Beard Contest. 10 p.m., Brian Martin. 12 a.m., Campfire Time. Saturday, 10 a.m., Tuscal Festival opens for general admission. 11 a.m., Austin Tolliver. 12.30, Truck and Motorcycle Show starts. 1 p.m., Cypress Spring. 2.30, Ball Eating Contest. <laughs> 3 p.m., Dusty Lee. 4.30 p.m., Wet T-Shirt Contest. 5 p.m., Justin Champagne. 6.30, Topless Sack Race. 7 p.m., Charlie Farley. 8 p.m., Large Bonfire. 8.30 p.m. Ladies Oil Wrestling. 10 p.m. Who TF is Justin Time. 12 a.m. Campfire Time. Sunday Ball Throwing Contest. <laughs> oh my god. Let's see what it says. There's wet t-shirt contest. There's topless sack race. Ladies Oil Wrestling. Ball Throwing Contest. <laughs> Don't worry about your balls. We'll remain intact. Whether you call them Rocky Mountain Oysters, Cowboy Caviar, Tender Groin, or simply Bulls Balls, we've ordered a metric ton of bull balls, and they'll be served all weekend long. Come partake in this Midwest delicacy. Wow, this is insane. I can't believe it. Let's see. Gosh. See what else I can find here. Tent camping, 99 bucks for the whole thing. Electric tent campsite, $149. RV camping, $199. Electric RV, $299. Electric water RV campsite, $349. All right, you have to do the reservations for all of that in advance. A weekend pass is 29 bucks. Grab a shirt. Oh, wow, yeah, let's see. Come to the Tesco Festival and you can buy a shirt for 39 bucks. A t-shirt. Alright, well, okay. Um, anyhow, that's pretty much about it from the Testicle Festival. I just had to share this with you because, um, it's fucking funny. Alright, someone said they have Testicle Festivals everywhere, but I have not seen one until I found this one. A friend of mine sent it to me, and I was like, huh? So, anyhow, there you go. Be seeing ya. A broadcast reporter has been charged with making a prank call using the South Dakota's Governor Christy Noam's personalized cell phone number. <laughs> I, I would it uh, 
From what I could see, this article doesn't explain how this happened, but isn't that awesome? <laughs> they some, the, this person somehow got the governor of South Dakota's cell phone and made prank calls. The misdemeanor count of making threatening, harassing, or misleading contacts carries a max penalty of one year in prison and 2,000 in fines. <coughs> Excuse me. Stanley County Sheriff Brad Rathburn said Austin Goss, who had been fired from his job as a Capitol Bureau reporter for the Dakota News, um, court said court documents said that he is representing himself in court. The recipient of the harassing phone call was identified as uh, identified in the probable cause statement. The article does not state how Goss was able to call from the governor's phone. And um, I'm all ears on this one. How do you take the governor's uh, cell phone and make prank calls with it? I mean, um, this guy worked for the South Dakota Dakota News. So how was he able to get that close to the governor to be able to take the governor's phone and uh, and make... Uh, prank phone calls. To me that just doesn't jive and it doesn't make any sense. I think there's a lot more to this story going on and we'll find out as it goes on. But to me I find that very suspicious that someone could be that close to the governor that is a reporter. What you know, why is that reporter there? I mean did the reporter come up and act like he's doing an interview and swipe his phone or something? I mean, there's a lot that it's not talking about in these articles. It didn't say one word on how the phone was uh, was swiped and and how long it was swiped for. And do, you know, did they have to get the phone back from the person from the reporter, or did they like swipe it, make a couple prank calls, and then put it back? Uh, I don't know. The article doesn't explain a whole lot. And I looked around for it, and it's not an article that has been. Uh, uh, passed around a lot there's only a couple of sources for it and that's really about it so I'm just going with what this said and uh, anyhow I mean your guess is good in mind how this reporter got that close to him and how they were able to make prank phone calls and you know and then what happened how did this uh, how did the governor get his phone back or was it just put back somewhere and acted like he never did I don't know, but I find this very peculiar. And remember I said that there's a lot more to this story that we're going to find out. So. Dateline Germany. Man rescued from woods after sex games go awry. German police say a 51-year-old man who was left tied up in the woods when a sex game went awry had a lucky escape after a hunter and a cyclist heard a cry for help. Police say the man was uh, found tied up naked with pantyhose on his head in a deer stand. The deer stand he was tied to was not harmed in the process of taking the dummy down. Sounds to me like maybe someone had an axe to grind with a naked victim. <laughs> Pretty interesting, huh? Who in the hell would um? Who in the hell would agree to that? Anyhow, I mean, you gotta be a warped piece of crap. So then you go, oh yeah, yeah, go ahead, tie me up naked in the woods. 
So, uh, I mean, wouldn't you be automatically leery and suspicious of that? Like someone, someone comes up to you and says that, hey, you know, hey, uh, you know, I don't care if you've been seeing them a while or not. You'd be like, hey, let me put pantyhose over your head and tie you up naked in the woods as a game. Um, kind of got what he deserved being that stupid to fall for it. In my opinion, I just, uh, I just don't see anybody thinking that that's going to be a great idea with a great outcome. So, anyhow, I thought that was a pretty interesting little story, and uh, I brought it to you, and, you know, whatever, whatever that's worth. So, anyhow, moral of the story, don't let anyone put pantyhose over your head and tie you naked to a deer stand in the woods. So, you haven't learned anything from this program, there you go. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. Hey, sure. Produce a sound similar to a fart, but only once. Such that you cannot reproduce it and prove that it was just the chair. Two ass bags and a box of Cheez-Its will be right back. Kurt Cobain's broken guitar sells for nearly $600,000. I'm not joking you. Cobain's black Fender Strat is covered in scratches and chip wood. The names of his band and of uh, Cobain and his bandmates are misspelled, and I remember that guitar. All their names were misspelled on purpose, and it was just an old piece of shit Fender, all broken and tore up and everything. I guess is one that most of Nevermind was written on. The other very famous, uh, huge, multi-multi-million selling breakthrough album that pretty much started grunge. So. Cobain, uh, Cobain, uh, Cobain's Black Fender, you know, Chip Wood, mis, uh, misspelled names, and the car that was, uh, it was once smashed and put back together is no longer playable. That's the thing that got me, is you can't even play it. It was smashed and put back together, so. But on Saturday, the broken guitar was sold at, uh, Julian's Auctions for a whopping $596,000, nearly ten times more than the opening price. So, you know what, I get it. I mean, a lot of people my age or a little bit younger or maybe a little bit older that, you know, this is the kind of stuff that you really kind of hold on to and just, you know what it did and what place in history it has. And it just, uh, I I get it. I mean, I wish I had $600,000 to waste like that. But, you know, you know what you do? God bless you. I get it. I really understand it. Items for Kurt Cobain and or Nirvana are becoming more difficult to obtain and are one of the highest in terms of collectability of all bands. Darren Julian, CEO of uh, Julian's Auctions, told NPR. And I know one of the reasons why these things are commanding so much money. And the reason is, is uh, Nirvana is one of these bands that you're never going to have come back because, it, you know, I mean... Uh, you're not going to, number one, Kurt Cobain is dead. You're not going to replace him. He was too iconic to replace in the first place. And Dave Grohl, he'll never go back to Nirvana. I mean, he does so well with the Foo Fighters and everything else that he does. Why would he even want to bother with trying to get somebody different in there to replace Cobain? And it would never work anyhow. So I get how come this is so sought out and how come... You know, people my age or a little bit older, like I said, are buying stuff like this. 
You know, I'd be really honest. If I was a multimillionaire, I would probably look at stuff like this to buy too. Just to have up on your wall, just to walk over and look at it, touch it. Have your friends come over and explain to them. Go, yeah, this is the one that Kurt Cobain smashed on MTV and went crazy and started throwing shit. You know, that, um, that to me um, means something. That nostalgia means something to me. I mean, the... You know, at this point in my life, the nostalgia is so important. You know, nostalgia is the only thing that really piques my curiosity anymore. You know, it's the only thing that, like, really, I just can't get enough of is nostalgia. And I think every guy my age is the same way. We remember the years of uh, yesteryear and all the stuff that we grew up on. And, and um, and you know, it just gives us that feeling we go back to it, you know. Where you're driving around a car, sipping on a Mickey's Big Mouth or a Malt Duck or something, and listen to this music and just having the time of your life, carefree and just uh, just loving everything, just enjoying it. A hot summer night, you know, listen to this music in the back on KY 102 or you know or whatever, you know. Um, and um, I get it, you know. I think you can hear it in my voice how important it is to me and probably every guy out there, you know. So I get why people are buying this stuff for outrageous prices. Cobain was known for destroying his multiple Fender guitars. This one was special because it was used to write a majority of the music on the groundbreaking Nevermind album. I know, that's what I thought. I remember reading something about that black Fender and how he destroyed it. And I think he destroyed it. Uh, I'll have to look again, but I think he destroyed it on MTV as a statement. You know, kind of like, you know, we're the anti-band. Then I don't care how important this guitar is you know I wrote most of Nevermind on it but I don't give a shit I'm going to destroy it because nothing is sacred and that was part of the 90's whole culture is nothing sacred and especially you you're not sacred we're all just pieces of garbage and that is the attitude that they carried and unfortunately that is some of the attitude that took them out too so um, anyhow I get the reason why people want this stuff and to be quite honest, if I had the capital, I would be collecting this stuff too. So, anyhow, pretty interesting. Two tool bags and a socket wrench. We'll be right back. Remember to send all male body part photos to Rob Rad's inbox. Yeah, that's, here's something that was uh, caught my attention the other day. Two douchebags, one microphone. I'm Mark. I'm Christopher. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever the hell it is and yes. when you're listening to us. It's two in the morning somewhere. Yeah, and you're stoned off your ass. You're questioning life. We got answers, but they're not the right ones. No, no. <laughs> Matter of fact, whatever we say, do the opposite. That sounds like a good plan. The polar opposite. I mean, mm. not just kind of the opposite, the exact opposite of what we say do. Yes. And you'll be fine. We say jump off the cliff, then you better go climb the mountain. That's right. <laughs> so, all right, Christopher, you have some stuff that uh, that you'd like to uh, start talking about. So, sure, yeah. Um, I have this really bad habit of watching commercials. I mean, I, I hate commercials. I turn the sound down, but they grab my attention sometimes anyway. <laughs> but this one was interesting. It was that means they're good commercials. You yeah, realize that? That's true. Yeah. Men men pay attention to commercials. Women do not. My wife always tells me, why don't you just ignore him? Uh. No, that's what Val does all the time. It's like, yeah. turn it. I'm like, no, 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 I like this commercial. <laughs> oh, 
know, it's like I have this theory. Yeah. Jamie, uh, the progressive, is much better than Flo. Jamie yeah. should be the star. But now they have a merging chick that talks everybody into everything by talking them out of it. Yeah. And she should be the new star. Yeah. Yeah. But they always put Flo in there. It's like, no, she's old high. Get her the fuck out of there. Yeah. 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 We've seen a lot of Flo. Yeah, we have. Flo can get the fuck out. And Jamie could, like, you know... Um, it, it was a great character that they developed after Flo. Yeah. And then now they have this new one. And uh, and, and then... Um, I don't know if the black guy's ever going to do anything there. Or just kind of be the ancillary guy that likes to fish. And yeah. uh, just kind of, like, uh, makes a little quip here and there. And yeah. There's only been one commercial that kind of featured him where he was daydreaming during a lecture by Flo and everyone yeah. wound up in his happy place. Yeah, and he's like, what the hell are you guys doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, I'm sorry, back to your commercial. Okay, um, well the, the premise of the commercial was they were showing this, uh, oh I would say 12 year old girl who was in a public school. Yes. And everything that could possibly go wrong in your public school was going wrong. Um, with the exception of a school shooter. Um, so there was a kid kicking <laughs> Give her. it time. Yes. There was a kid kicking her desk. You had a teacher that was flipping out. And you had, let's see, bullies in the hallways, uh, lockers that were stuck. Just, you know, all the bad things about public school. And uh, then the girl decided she'd had enough, walked out the front door. And then you realize, well, it's a commercial for a uh, school-at-home online service. And it takes you kindergarten through 12th grade, and it's all paid for. Um, it's, I think it's paid for just like public schools are paid for. But it's an at-home alternative to sending your kid to what may be a pretty unsafe environment in a public school. So that got me thinking, has, has the time for public schools passed? Is it time to dismantle the whole public school sending your kids to a giant building with a bunch of other kids? It just doesn't make sense anymore. I have been along this thought for a long time. Yeah. Now, like I've always said, I'm really down the middle. I lean right on some things, left on others. It depends on what it is. Yeah. One thing I lean right on is school choice. So if a school is failing, let it fail. Uh, yeah, I kind of think that too. Yeah, because they're not doing any good anyhow. Maybe we should make homeschooling the norm. Yeah. And if you want to send your kid to one of these public schools, well, I guess you can, but you know, maybe that should be looked on as odd and strange. My thought is this. You have to have a very elaborate, in-depth system of testing the kids. You can't just give them an online course and go, oh, they learned everything, it's good. Yeah. You have to have someone like go to the house and give them this test and to certify that they know everything that a high school graduate should know. Yep. And you don't need to have a building all year round to do those occasional tests. Yes. You can do that in a, a meeting room at a hotel. And that will get rid of another nuisance. Yeah. The teacher's union. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, everything associated with public education has been around long enough to be completely corrupt and yes. be full of people who are just milking the system. Just throw it all away. It's old and done with. We the Model T was a great idea, but we don't use it anymore. Coal-powered coal locomotives don't tra take our 
freighted passengers across the country on rails anymore. It's a we great didn't idea. owe them any kind of lifelong uh, well, existence. We dumped their asses as soon as we found a better system. Yep. I think I think public schools, it's time to dump their asses. Yeah. And have a better system because you put all these kids together, and the idea is well, they learn to you know share and diversity, and, and they learn about other cultures. But no, they're not. They're just kind of trying to survive. Gangs form, um, groups that exclude form. Yeah. You can learn about other cultures and other diversity by just getting out of your house and going downtown. Agreed. Or going to any kind of public event. There are enough people different from whoever you, you want to point to. You know, just pick a random person in a crowd and then you can find 20 people within 10 miles who look different because we have diversity here. So you don't need to force it in a school. Just get out and experience life. Exactly. I mean, we look at where we're at right now at the beautiful historic River Market District in Kansas City, Missouri. Close to the beautiful crystal clear, clear blue waters of the Missouri River. <laughs> That's right. And there's diversity everywhere. There and is. it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, everybody just kind of doing what they need to do to get along. People are mainly polite, mainly mm -hmm. nice, respectful of each other. And people generally will do this. Yeah. So um, it doesn't need to be forced on anybody. No. Um, this also, to me, goes back to the main, what should be the main focus, parenting. Yeah. Parenting. You don't have parenting in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You have parenting at home where it, ex it should exist, where it should be. Yeah. You instill into your children what you think is right and wrong. You know, there's these uh, free-range children everywhere, <laughs> yeah. and it's just insane. You can't tell who they belong to. Go into a Walmart one time and try to pick the parents out of the lineup. It's not easy. No, no, just like I uh, saw a, a father the other day, his two boys. Oh, hey, look, there's a freezer room. Let's go run in it. Okay, just one time. <laughs> it's a public place where people are, are yeah. shopping. Yeah, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> no, my dad would have said, no, 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 no. Next time you're not coming with me. And as a matter of fact, we're going to have a talk about this out in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so these kids run in front of everybody, an old lady, all these other people, almost slip and fall, almost break all this stuff, all these eggs that are in there and stuff. And dad's like, he's <laughs> mm -hmm. like, no, no, you, you are the problem, not yeah. the children. The children don't know better. You should. Do you think it'd be a good idea to call out someone like that? Like, would would it do any good for someone to walk up to that guy at that moment and say you're a bad parent? Would it do any good? You think? No, because they would be too busy defending themselves whether they were right or wrong. Yeah. I wonder if it would make any difference in the kids' lives to see someone telling their parent you're bad at what you do. Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. I think it depends on the the child yeah. because some children you look at them and they think entitlement all the way you can mm -hmm. see them like I can do this because I'm me I've been put on a pedestal I'm the only boy in the last three generations that I'm, I'm yeah. loved I'm reverent or they've just been told all their lives that what you want to do is just as important as everybody else that's the other thing which isn't true because if you want to go crash your airplane and everybody else wants to live then no what you want to do isn't as important 
exactly. It depends on what you want. It's you can't just blanket say everyone has you know the exact same full right to have their opinion shouted from the rooftops. And another problem huh? with this is it's not just the Karens in quotations. Yeah. It's not just the snowflakes. Um, yeah, it's not just the snowflakes. It's every brand and creative people mm -hmm. that do this. Yeah. They put their children on these pedestals and they can't do any wrong. And if anyone ever tries to attempt to tell them they are doing wrong, they flip out and just like all of a sudden the sky is falling. How dare you say that to my child? How dare you say that to me? Yeah, their, their child is their whole identity. Yes. Which is, which is a horrible burden for your child and a sick way to live your life. Yes. And, and also, I see parents that are afraid of their children. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, no, if I try to discipline him, he's just going to be a dick the rest of the day. He's going to scream and kick animals. It's yeah. like, okay, then the day's over. Yeah. The day's over. He goes back in the car. He goes home. He gets in his room without any tablet or anything. Uh -huh. And he sits there and he thinks about life for a little while. But people want to have children, but they don't want to raise them. No, they want the hard work part. No, they just want to have their 2.3 like uh, the guy down the road does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, know, I know some parents, and I've seen them go through the dilemma of the child's misbehaving. So you say, okay, uh, no video game time, no computer time, no cell phone time. You know, you're cut off from all your media for the rest of the day which is a punishment for the kid mm -hmm. but then the kid makes the parents life miserable well i can't watch my my show i can't play with my phone then what am i going to do i'm bored entertain me now logs to split that the parent would rather do anything rather than spend time with their kid bingo and or entertain their kid or come up with something constructive to do together best, that is one of the best uh, yeah. examples there right yeah. now that ends most of it right there the it parent is, wants to sit the child in front of that electron if a 10 pound bag of shit could talk this is what it would sound like why you buy those rear seat DVD screens. Not because you love your kid, no, but you can't stand to, to hear your kid's up. voice while you're driving. It's a protection tax. Yep. It's like, here you go, watch this and you'll shut up and I won't have to deal with you. Yep, yep. So homeschooling would, would pretty much force parents to deal with their own children and how they behave more. Yes. Which is, can only be a good thing. Oh, I think it would be, uh, parents would be more intertwined more um more emotionally connected and form support groups yes you know mom over here talks with dad over there and says how do you handle it when your eight-year-old refuses to whatever and they say well here's what we tried here's the pictures of the bloody stub right <laughs> <laughs> so, but, yeah. But it, yeah it, the more i think about it the the less sense it makes to keep pouring money and effort and oh my god just so much money into public schools and it's not going to fix it not going to get better you've got to learn when to stop beating that dead horse and start riding a camel instead oh um, another thing is what about privatizing it and here i'll give you an example i'm mixed about this because privatizing a lot of things aren't good like when they privatize some prisons all of a sudden yeah. the prison rate went way up yeah. in that district because they needed people in there to make money yeah. so that's probably not a good idea 
or, yeah. or you know, or at least corruption doesn't work. For doesn't us. work. So I don't know if this is a good idea because then they'll be trying to stick kids in there no matter what. Yeah. You know, the flunking out. We don't care. Pass them anyhow. Because I had that growing up in my school district. Is, is let's say uh, the school district had 2,000 kids, but the, I think it's much less than that. They went to 1999. All of a sudden, Older just fell from the skies. Right? Yes, yeah. Oh, God, I think the world's over. There's five or six of them. Oh, shit. Well, one just missed us here. That's crazy. Um, if they went to 19999 or whatever, something like that, 1999, all of a sudden they're in a different classification with much less tax money to work. Yeah. So they couldn't have that one person dropping out. Mm-hmm. So they would do whatever they could to get that kid to come in. And I watched it firsthand. They're just like, oh, just sit in the room. You'd have that same thing going on. Yeah. Only worse. Pretty much when you have money as the incentive, that works for the person giving the money and the individual person receiving the money. It doesn't work at all for anybody else. Yeah. Well, so I... if, you, if you privatize the school, then the government will get a break because they don't have to spend the money. The private companies will set up a system which looks good on the surface and makes them the most money as quickly as possible. Yes. And that's all you're going to have. Schools really will become just a place to warehouse your kids that's and right. pay for the privilege. Yeah. I mean, if you think about privatizing as would you want someone to privatize the fire department where you had to pay a monthly subscription and then you had to call and ask if they, you know, can I please make an appointment for you to come put my house fire out tomorrow or maybe the next week, you know? Because a private company, privatized, they don't have to obey the same rules as a public utility does. They make up their own rules what is proper. And then they get hamstrung by other rules also. Yeah. Governmental rules. It's like, look, we know this handicapped person can't like grab a guy and save him, but he's got to be there because he's part of a quota. Yeah. So that would probably raise your rates in the first place. Yeah. Insurance would go up when you have uh, three or four people that couldn't do the job, but you had to have them there yeah. because of a quota. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think really the best answer is homeschooling. Uh-huh. And I think it should be tax credits to do it. That way you have an incentive. We don't, we don't send people to a big school to learn how to operate their cell phones or navigate a, a computer screen. That's right. That's something you learn from other people, you pick up from your friends, your parents, and you become perfectly well-skilled at it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, we don't send people to big schools to learn how to drive a car. People just do. You know, they learn. They, you know, their parents teach them, other people teach them. We can do the same thing with pretty much the public school curriculum, and we also could have a more tailored curriculum. You know, if your kid wants to study religion, and you want he wants to study this religion but not that, then you don't have to take the whole classroom through it. That one student can study what they want. You can say, you know, your student needs you know, to study a foreign language. Right now it's like French or Spanish. That's kind of it. But 
why not say, you know, any foreign language will do. You're studying on your own if you want to learn Hindu. Do it. Yeah, do it. And it'll be a part of your curriculum. Yeah. yeah. You get the same credit as somebody who learns Spanish or somebody who learns German or somebody who learns Japanese. You can target your you can target your ethnicity too, you know, you can target where you know what you want. Let's say uh, that you have relatives, like you know, I have relatives in Canada and Greece. Uh, the, the ones in Canada speak uh, English, of course, but the ones in Greece, a lot of them don't, but it'd be great to be able to speak to them and have that option in school to learn it. Yeah. So. No, I think we would get better educated kids, more involved parents, and probably better young adults as a result. But the sticking point is, can't you imagine a whole country full of parents saying, what, me give up free time to get involved in my kid's life? Hell no. That's the biggest issue to me. That is, I think is, that is the biggest issue. I think if there is enough of a groundswell, you could probably find a way to get it done. Mm -hmm. But I think that most people think about it and go, oh, wait a minute. Uh-uh. Yeah. Who's doing that? Me? No, uh -huh. no, 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 no. <laughs> I have to give up my social media time to yeah. run uh, over spelling yeah. words. I can't go out of the out to the bar and drink because I we have to study for a book report. I have my podcast every Monday for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. How am I gonna get that done with a little fucking rugrat fucking poking at me? Yeah. And then think of the social pressure relieved when you're not trying to look the part you go to school and you're trying to you know physically fit in the way you look the way you act the way you dress the way you speak none of that would matter if you're not going oh, to yeah. this giant public we school be where you can be judged on all these we things we could be giving them the indian sunburns and shit calling them a nerd yeah i mean that's what big brothers are for isn't yeah, it yeah yeah calling <laughs> urkel pants i think oh, we should say native american sunburns oh i'm sorry native american yeah. sunburns and then have the wet towels and smack them on the ass with it yeah. till it bleeds oh, yeah. good times good times yeah, except when you're the littlest one <laughs> yeah oh yeah Thank God I was never the littlest one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that, that was my thought on public schools. Hey, where'd everybody go? Where are the douchebags? <laughs> oh, my God. Someone took a dump in the corner. Oh, jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells.